was born on the 17th of November, Delve into a world of words with books and beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable coming to you live from Beijing. I'm Lai Ming. Coming up on today's show, China is collecting opinions from the general public on a new rule governing small home-based daycare services. As the demand for daycare increases, what's needed to provide a regulatory basis for the business to grow soundly? Using artificial intelligence technologies currently available to the common internet user, a young man in Shanghai has tried to revive a deceased member of his family. The result of his attempt has triggered a debate, if not controversy, over China's internet. We will find out what that's all about in just a moment. You can be a part of our discussion by sharing your views with us. Just write us an email at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com, or leave your comment on Apple Podcasts at Roundtable China. Let us know what you would like to hear. Maybe we'll present it to you after some careful research. Now on Roundtable, there's a new draft document on the management of home-based daycare centers. First, let's explain what is. Home-based daycare service. What does it entail? For this discussion, I'm joined by Huang Shen and Ding Hen in the studio, and I'll turn to Ding Hen first. So,、uh, when you look at the phrase "home-based daycare service," what image do you have in mind?、Um, to be honest with you, I don't really have a first-hand experience in this particular regard. But in my, you know, wild guess, imagination. I guess we're talking about a like some business people hiring or renting a particular apartment within a community residential community,、mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he he or she hire a couple of、uh, so-called professional you know caregivers and like、uh, different rooms within that apartment function. Have different functions. For example, the living room can serve as a playground for 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 young kids, and those bedrooms can serve as the place for them to take a break, take a take an afternoon nap, and change diapers. Yeah, etc. etc. And cooking a、uh, kitchen for some cooking some、uh, desserts and small. Trivial food for for to provide some of the daily necessities, etc., etc., and young parents just pay certain level of fees.、Uh, I'm not sure how much, how much, probably ranging between several thousand to ten thousand yuan per month. Yeah, that's my wild imagination. Huang、uh, Shan is he correcting his、uh, expectation of such a service? 
I think the service refers to such agencies which can transform residential places into nursery care facilities for children aged between, or I mean, aged three. And under, because we know that in、mm-hmm. China we have the kindergarten,、yeah. and usually that service refers to the full day program serving children aged from three to six in general. What about for the toddlers and the newborn babies、uh, who are aged below three years old, or include three years old? I think this kind of services will come in handy, especially for the parents who are、uh, the both income households. Very likely, when the baby is turning to two years old or just one year old, parents don't really have time to take full day care of the kids. And if you are lucky, maybe you can ask the grandparents to come and help. But if you don't have that support, how you can take care of your baby while you're working? And I think this could be an option. That is the nursery、uh, facilities. In general, I think we may turn to those public institutions. But now, in order to provide the convenience to young. A new parent, maybe if you can have the standardized services provided by private sectors, which means you can rent a place in a residential area, then turn it into a professional、uh, daycare services agency. Then I think it will bring some benefits to the parents. However, parents definitely will be worried about the quality as well as the qualification of the caretakers. So maybe that's the reason why we are having this national standard to regulate the practice. Exactly, and and Dinghen was quite to a point in his description or anticipation of what such a service would entail,、uh, minus some、uh, minor details. For instance,、um, this may or may not be the endeavor of a, a businessman. This could be. Well, be a housewife who's、uh, stuck at home taking care of her own babies, and she would think of this as a a, a leap forward, a stepping、mm. stone to starting her own business. I mean, now that I'm already spending all of my time taking of my babies, how about I、uh, start something more of a mutual aid nature to、uh, accommodate more babies living in the same residential community? And then perhaps several、uh, parents would、um, be attracted to the service and and entrust their children to that full-time housewife or、uh, slash business businesswoman. So、um, we do、uh, have institutional and professional organizations running this business, but we also have、uh, smaller outfits featuring this mutual aid nature. So that's one way to look at it. And apparently, neither of you have had、uh, personal experience dealing with、uh, such an institution. I、uh, fortunately have done that,、uh, thanks to my son, who is、uh, <laughs> slightly、uh, three years older. And when he was、uh, slightly above one year, we were looking for daycare、uh, institutions to、uh, entrust our baby because、uh, both my wife and I had to work, and there's simply. Uh, not enough support coming from the family, so we actually did our research. We looked into、uh, more affordable options within certain residential communities、uh, a few kilometers away from where we live, and that 
uh, was a rather simple outfit. Um, it is you you can't expect too much. Although there's some level of standardization or standard service that they do they provide. I mean they, have, like Dinkin said earlier, there's a, a living room, a huge apartment, and、mm. children are free to roll or crow、uh, uh, in within that premise. And they do provide food and also dessert. At different points of the day, and they make sure the the diapers are changed in time, and the babies are generally happy.、Um, but you can't expect more from such a service because、uh, most likely you are dealing with、uh, some、um, middle-aged woman、mm. who may or may not have had prior experience in taking care of babies. But what they do is they make sure your babies don't get hurt、uh, during the time they spend there. And there's also the more sophisticated service where、uh, there's usually an institu- institution, and some would even adopt the Montessori methodology in、wow. in the way they treat、uh, the baby and also in the way they decorate the premise. I mean,、uh, if you walk into something like that, you will be uh, you will be uh, surprised to find that a lot of the furnitures are placed and designed specifically for babies, so they can. Access the toilets. They can use the cabinets、uh, according to their own height. So they they will feel、uh, quite at home, like a hobbit、um, uh, in the, uh, the uh, Lord、mm-hmm. of the Rings series. So they also will have、uh, quite advanced、uh, methodology in treating babies, and their their teachers will sometimes, if should they be interested, go through some kind of training to obtain、uh, a specific license. To to show that they have the、uh, certificate, so that's basically what we are facing. And price-wise,、um, the the cheaper ones in Beijing could、uh, easily reach about four thousand yuan, and and the more costly ones in downtown probably、uh, might exceed ten thousand yuan every month. So that's、uh, perhaps even higher than、uh, the the level you will see in the U.S., where、mm. where parents typically pay. About eight thousand US dollars a year,、uh, if they live in in less densely populated areas. But that price could go up to seventeen thousand US dollars a year if they live in metropolitan cities like New York. Oh, okay.、Mm-hmm. Okay. So、uh, this is the situation we're facing.、Uh, mm-hmm. Chinese parents,、uh, as we modernize and also urbanize, a lot of people move into big cities, and they both have jobs, and therefore they have need to、yeah. uh, for daycare services to take care of the babies. Um, but now, there, Huang Shan mentioned something about the lack of、uh, a rule or a regulation、um, addressing、uh, such a service.、Uh, so now that we have a new rule, what what what's the significance of this rule that we are talking about these days? So on March fifteenth,、uh, China's top health authority, the National Health Commission. Publish a trial rule on home nursery care providers. Apparently, the、uh, the trial rule was collecting、uh, the public opinions and to see which part needs to be improved.、Uh, so, based on the requirements according to the trial regulation, it seems like for a service provider,、uh, it can look after no more than five children、mm. in one private institution, and each caretaker can look after. A maximum of three babies, while the per capita floor space for each child should meet a minimum of nine square meters. What's more is for the nursery teachers. 
、uh, they have to be experienced or have an education background in nursery care and child health, and receive training in mental health, food safety, first aid, and fire safety. And people with a history of mental illness or criminal records are barred from the occupation.、Uh, this is according to China Daily's report. What's more is that、uh, home nursery care providers they should register with local market supervision authorities and health authorities and will be subject to on-site inspections.、Uh, apparently, I think this is also according to some、uh, parents' concerns. Maybe all these、uh, sectors and.、Uh, Service providers they have to install video surveillance cameras to cover all the areas inside the institution, which means、uh, you have to install cameras to cover the living and play areas. And such footage should be stored for at least ninety days. But these、uh, regulations are still waiting to be approved before after、uh, after. Collecting the public opinions because I think there are some concerns shared by、uh, the general public. One thing is about、uh, you know you can only look after no more than five children in one a private in-home、uh, service providers、uh, institution. Like I don't know for those those service providers are they worried about the profit margin? I I think before the show we talk about it because if you can only host five. Toddlers in one、um, in-home nursery service center,、mm-hmm. then I don't know how profitable the service will become, or how profitable this could be a business opportunity. Then how many、uh, practitioners will like to take part in this business? What's more is about the so-called.、Uh, The nursery teachers—they have to be qualified. You have to receive some kind of diploma or certificate, or you are just an expert in this particular field. Then, if in the past there were some、um, self-made moms or just like those really experienced middle-aged ladies who would like to take this job, I think many of them—they are very experienced and they can do a very good job. But what if they don't have a certificate、mm-hmm. to prove how experienced they are? Then does it mean they are they will be disqualified for taking this job?、Mm-hmm. Let's tear this、uh, onion piece by piece. Dinkan, what would be your、uh, opinion on on placing a cap on the number of children? That each premise is allowed to have. I mean, this is obviously a test on your business acumen, which is which may not be quite fair on you, though. Yeah, because、uh, this is, I think, this is a realistic issue, particularly when we talk about these、um, uh, home-based childcare facilities, right? Like, like you suggested,、um, uh, currently in the market, there are basically two types of. I guess home-based childcare facilities in residential areas. One that is organized by these institutions, and the other by some, you know, mom and a pop,、uh, stay-at-home mothers. Let's say so.、Mm-hmm. Ba- basically, according to somebody who have established their their own facility or childcare brand before or in the recent years, they say most such facilities in residential areas are. Run by institutions serving fifteen to twenty infants for each facility, so this particular model is pretty common. But when we talk about say limiting the number to five, well, you know,、um, it's I think really the profitability issue is the primary concern because.、Um, 
Uh, basically, according to some other business people who have entered this、uh, so-called industry, you know,、um, really, I think the quota of infants and the ratio between the caregivers and infants were really their primary concern. They basically say it's very, very difficult to make profits by serving five infants because. The monthly rent of a particular facility here in Beijing, for example, really would cost you more than twenty twenty thousand yuan. And think about how many, how much money you can earn from these、uh, infants or toddlers' parents, right? If you get, if they just give you five thousand kwai, five thousand yuan per month, it's really difficult. And Uh, and I, I guess apart from the cases here in Beijing, we can also look at the the case over there in Qingdao in eastern Chinese province of、uh, Shandong.、Um, basically, there is a math to be calculated here as well. If the services charges each infant three thousand yuan a month and hires two professional caregivers to serve five babies, the profits may just be a few thousand a month for. For that one particular, you know, facility, and if the facility can serve like somewhere between fifteen to twenty infants and toddlers, then the profits, according to their calculation, can 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 really surpass twenty thousand yuan a month. So that's a realistic, you know, survival issue for these、um, businesses, quote unquote businesses, to to think about. You know? Right, right, <laughs> right. So there is one consideration: if we were to defend the lawmakers、uh, at the at the current level, given the current、uh, script that they are able to come up with, and that is, they do not want、um, to create a huge impact, negative impact on existing institutions that are running and operating in, in commercial areas. And remember, we're talking about、uh, daycare centers. Small family home-based daycare centers that found themselves in in residential communities, but already there are in existence quite a few number of、um, daycare institutions、uh, located in commercial areas, and these are often、uh, businesses and, and、uh, businessmen working and operating these these、uh, outfits. So,、uh, in making this rule, in making this new rule, the authorities obviously are given. Some level of acknowledgement to the business model of home-based、uh, daycare centers. Prior to that, they, they, there's been no legal document or、uh, public document、uh, regulating or even standardizing such a service. Now that they are taking the first step to regulate and standardize the service, they have to put into perspective all kinds of party interested in, in this area. So that that's one one way to look at this.、Uh, another, well, the good news is this is this new rule is still in the stage of collecting public opinion, and it's high time that parents and business owners,、uh, by business owners I mean both small institutional、uh, operators as well as these family home-based daycare center operators, should all subject their opinions、mm. to to shape this draft that is still、uh, in the making. And what what are other concerns that these、uh, new rule hopes to address?、Um, I think、uh, definitely the country wants to encourage the、uh, practice of the、uh, you know the daycare centers in residential buildings because for many parents,、uh, when they have been interviewed of what are their concerns of sending their kids into such 
an agency, I, many of them have mentioned the distance because, you know, every day if they're working, they have to think about the distance between the home to the daycare center yeah. to their workplace. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if this uh, daycare center is located in the neighborhood, I mean, in their residential complex, that will bring great convenience for the working parents. What's more is about the kids' safety and the credentials of caretakers. So I think this is very important to list out all the qualifications are needed in terms of applying for a job in such a facility. So I think this could be a way to ease people's worries of giving birth because when you are thinking about mm -hmm. do you want to have a kid or do you want to have your second kid? And then many people are worried about financial issues. What's more is the shortage of nursery uh, nurseries uh, as well as nursing care institutions in the country because sometimes uh, we have the public institutions in this regard. Uh, but definitely um, the slots are not enough. So you need more of the available uh, facilities to help you to take care of your toddlers, especially before the kindergarten age. So I think this could be a very great move because uh, with the standardization, it will give uh, parents more confidence in choosing such an agency or such a facility. However, the price is another issue. I don't know how much it costs for this service compared to a public one, because you know you have. There's to... no public daycare service oh. available currently. I mean, the only thing mm. that's public starts at age three when you go into kindergartens. Oh, so you have to wait for some kindergartens. They may, you know, change the uh, age threshold. Maybe they will offer. And even for kindergartens, we uh, China has only started offering affordable kindergarten service in recent oh. years. It's called about Pu Hui. Okay. It's called Pu Hui Shi Yuran, an affordable kindergarten service. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think another issue really we need to deal with is really this uh, neighborhood relationship. This oh. how. Like, uh, according to some people who have been running such kind of a daycare, you know, home-based daycare uh, facility, childcare facilities, they, they have been always complained by neighbors for being too noisy, too noisy because uh, their facilities are sometimes, you know, located in a residential community where there's a lot of senior citizens residing in it. So... Uh, sometimes they will try some really, you know, heartwarming and smart ways to try to, to try to solve this um, particular headache. For example, by giving some small gifts, small, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny benefits to to neighbors, and yeah, and and this is a uh, one thing. And uh, sometimes uh, they also did a very good job in terms of communicating and consulting with the nearby neighbors. So in the end, it's it it turned out to be a win-win scenario where. You know, some of your neighbors even voluntarily offer assistance to your uh, childcare facilities. That's good, but it's it, it does not necessarily happen with each case, right? Sometimes, probably, it will worsen a a neighborly relationship, and that's something everybody nobody is willing to see.
Mm -hmm. And also, there's the issue of supervision. I mean, if you have a business that's running in a residential community and and it is everywhere, then it makes it all the more difficult for authorities to look into some、uh, very important matters pertaining to the running of a business, like fire fighting or fire prevention methods or tools. Are they available in the premise? And also,、uh, security issues、um, and, and theft and and. Possible、uh, cases of abuse. So when you have、uh, such businesses everywhere, how are these authorities going to uh, uh, make to do their business and make sure that all rules are compliant? I mean, that's another issue. And last but not the least, that's the issue of the number. Of services available currently is an international problem, both in the U.S. I mean, in recent uh, weeks, uh, both the NPR and、uh, Wall Street Journal have been reporting on the lack of daycare service and the conundrum of uh, underpaying uh, workers uh, doing intensive、uh, labor, taking care of babies,、uh, as compared to parents who already feel it's too expensive. To、uh, pay for、uh, daycare service, so a lot of issues uh, that we uh, we as、uh, as <laughs> the human beings are all facing, our parents are facing everywhere.、Mm. But here in China, we face a particularly sharp issue, and that is in twenty twenty one, and there were forty two million infants aged zero to three. One third of them had strong childcare demands, but the survey、uh, in twenty twenty one showed that the overall infant and toddler enrollment rate in China. Was only five point five percent, and also the lack of supply issue is、uh, accentuated by another report、uh, from the China Family Planning Association, which pointed out that only about four percent of child childcare needs were met in 2021. So,、uh, where this cap on the number of children allowed in individual premises may be a way to encourage more business. Uh, to to stand out and be、uh, created, albeit I mean there are c- concerns whether about this squeezing and the diminishing profit margin that still needs to be sorted out. You are listening to、uh, Roundtable coming up in the second half of the show. A young man has done the unthinkable. He has tried to revive his grandma by using AI technologies currently available to、uh, an average internet user. Is he successful, and what are people's reaction to this singular way of handling grief? Stay tuned to find out more on Roundtable, and then, of course, you're welcome to share us your opinion by writing to us at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. Dida, a podcast of CGT Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming. Coming up, a young man who couldn't get over the loss of his grandma created a virtual figure after the deceased family member. Powered by AI technologies, including ChatGPT, the digital grandma can engage in conversation with the young man, who later uploaded the video to the internet, which triggered heated debate. How are Chinese internet users reacting to this feat? 
We are exposed to some kind of business jargon in our work life, and sometimes when these words and phrases spill over to our personal life, the result can be quite laughable. Is there a sign that our work life is encroaching on our private life? What's worth it? That's really worth a thought, eh? You can share with us your professional jargon and hilarious encounters when you use them after work. Simply write to us an email at ezfmbrowntable@foxmail.com, and there's a chance that millions more people will share your laughter. And if you would do yourself a favor by leaving a comment for us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts. Your comments will be seen by the Roundtable team and hundreds of thousands of subscribers just like you. Do not miss the chance. Now, the Roundtable, let's get cracking at yet another AI story, and this time is、um, heartwarming, heart-wrenching, and quite controversial in some、uh, people's opinion. So, what happened? Okay, so this 24-year-old Chinese man, he is a visual designer,、uh, and. He had a really close relationship with his grandmother, who had brought him up as a child since、uh, his parents' divorce. However, he was only able to exchange a few words with her during her final days, and has struggled with her loss ever since.、Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, his occupation—he、uh, is a visual designer. Then, to cope with his grief, he came up with the idea. Uh, to use AI applications to imitate and revitalize like his grandma's appearance, voice, or personality. So by doing that, first he started with using imaging software and animation software by uploading old photos,、uh, in order to create a dynamic image、mm-hmm. or a lifelike avatar、okay. of his、mm. grandmother, and later. Okay, here again, ChatGPT. So he shared many details of his grandmother's life stories and memories with ChatGPT, hoping that、uh, the software can understand the family background of his grandmother and how to express the grandmother, so that the AI could communicate with. This guy,、um, in the grandmother's tone, according to this、uh, guy surnamed Wu, he said that during a conversation,、um, the grandmother's image can appear to be、uh, who's a dedicated listener, and her mouth moves when she speaks. However, the content of the conversation、mm-hmm. stays at the very basic level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what happened to my life? Uh, and how I miss you, and what's happening to my father, and this. Avatar is able to respond、mm. to the information or the words that this author or this visual designer is putting into the system, and he uploaded the、uh, video to one of China's most popular video streaming platforms, Bilibili. And、oh. last time I checked, which was about half an hour ago,、uh, he received uh, uh, that video was viewed more than seven hundred times. Wow. Seven hundred thousand times, sorry, on, on, on Bilibili、wow. platform alone. So, and there's plenty of comments that uh, users uh, left, and and there's quite a controversy there.、Uh, Dinghen, what would be your first reaction when you re- look at a story like this? Because I remember about a decade ago,、uh, I think it was the BBC. They they had a Black Mirror series, and they one episode,、uh, they did、uh, something just like that. And so there was a young. A、young mother who、uh, sadly lost her husband, and she felt like she wanted、uh, something to fill the void, and she ordered a robot. 
which was based on uh, the comments and actions that her deceased husband uh, did over the internet mm. and using data uh, from there, uh, the robot company was able to create and tailor-made a, a human-shaped robot to to have it mailed to the household mm. and sort of serve as a reminder of the good old times they've spent together. Yeah, so I agree it's controversial, but uh, at the same time, it's really inspiring as well, you know, because, uh, I mean, this kind of... Um, um, try to bring back the memories of the good old days, bring back this uh, nostalgia about uh, your, your loved stories with your, with your loved ones. This kind of uh, feeling is really a inevitable and a, virtual, a very natural human, human emotion, I think, whether here in the Chinese case or in some of the you know, Western cases, we have all seen examples like uh, we have seen some uh, science fictions, uh, some movies, etc., etc. And so my feeling is that um, a, a particular future period where we coexist with this kind of, a, let's say, digital avatar mm -hmm. uh, uh, may still seem a bit far too away, may still seem a bit too far too, you know, fantastic and out of reach today. But the future However, is upon us. Yeah, but really, if you... Uh, but really, thanks to technology, I mean, historically speaking, if you really uh, look at the history and the development of science and technology uh, over the past uh, one century or over the past five decades, for example, some of the ideas and theories that were brought out at that time seemed completely impossible back then, but now are commonplace, right? Think about, say, smartphones, the internet, uh, if you mention these ideas to some people in the 1970s, 1960s, um, they 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 were re regarded as nonsense. But but now they are commonplace, right? So just because something seems uh, fantastic and impossible now does not really make it so later. So this is really the case. This in this latest case we are talking about. So with regard to this particular. Uh, grandmother case by this 24-year-old uh, designer. I think one thing really amazing is that he uploaded his grandmother's uh, telephone audio to an AI tool and utilized some, you know, audio editing software and a speech synthesis synthesis system to generate the voice of the virtual grandmother. That's you. You feel like you are having a real conversation with your loved ones. <laughs> yes, you're, yeah. you're touched by you're touched by what he did. Yeah, but I'm 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 I belong to the touched touched the group. You but know? yet you're you are not ready to make a decision on whether or not this is the right way to to mourn somebody. Yeah, it's it, it really uh, at the same time it's I I have to say it's really controversial. It's really controversial because um, there are a lot of concerns that can raised because this kind of model can be you know utilized and made use by those uh, scammers etc for for some fraudulent fraudulent purposes. That's a realistic concern. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm sure some people uh, with faith uh, might oppose or agree with this attempt. 
But let's look at this purely from from the scientific and, and technological approach. And then, to what extent would you evaluate the success of this young man's endeavor? Was was he successful in reviving, according to his own words, reviving his grandma? I think this is a great try. It is very creative. That's the reason why so many people they sympathize with him, because it could be served as a temporary. Uh, psychological painkiller to the guy because he needs to get over with that grave. If by doing this, uh, first of all, it can occupy some of his attention, so he won't think too much about the the grave or the loss of his loved one.、Uh, on the other hand, I would say it's a great try because it's trying to manipulate the. Benefits brought by the cutting edge technology.、Mm-hmm. Like I think he's definitely a pro in this regard. He's definitely a tech savvy.、Uh, that's the reason why he could use all these、uh, applications to bring her grand his grandma back to life. However, I think besides the level of serving as a psychological comfort. I don't know how far this will go because now with the AI, it seems like we can use that for everything. However, what about the ethical issues? So sometimes you may think, "Oh, this is a great uh, uh, experiment," but we we'll just be too depend on it. Sometimes I think、uh, this kind of thing is very very addictive. You don't want to have that over reliance on the AI technology. It will create. That emotional bond eventually, if you are so into it, if you believe this is real,、mm-hmm. then it is real. However, at the end of the day, you are just talking to a software or a machine who is not your real grandmother. You have to move on, and you have to get over with that pain and live your life by memory,、uh, by memorizing your grandma, all this、uh, past stories, all the past memories. However, you should not just emotionally、um, attach to a robot or something or software、uh, supported by the AI system, because eventually you might be. Taken advantage of. We have learned this from so many sci-fi movies or even horror movies.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's creepy if you establish an emotional bond with a bot or you know the AI system. Mm. Mm, interesting, because that's certainly a very interesting point here. I mean, the、uh, spreading spreading from、uh, your point just now. I mean, you could go into different directions. For instance, I think your Opinion about people getting too addicted to technology might have might lead to a scenario where you see in that movie her,、uh, mm-hmm. but who's to say、um, that in perhaps in the future when technology is there,、uh, is ready, and we we could use that technology to achieve、uh, many things. In fact, even、uh, elevate our own intelligence and and、uh, wisdom. But that that's one way to look at this. But another way to look at this, I mean, this is obviously、uh, related to grief and how people handle grief. And、um, one thing that we don't want to see is obviously this young man or any young man getting too attached to the image that he、uh, created using the current technologies, and so much so that he get get so fixated on. Um, the past on that technology that he forgets to move on. 
Yeah, moving on is really important for young people. Not not necessarily for young people, but for everybody. You know, so I think really a a fundamental uh, issue or question for us to you know think about here is what's really the end goal here. What's your end goal by creating this model? Like, are you are you looking to replace the current methods of uh, grieving? Right or the current methods of legacy building surrounding your ancestors, surrounding your late grandmother, late grandfather. What's your end goal? Are you looking to create like a fully interactive avatar, avatar that your children, your grandchildren, or even your great 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 grandchildren can talk to? That's that's probably <laughs> a fancy idea, you know. So I guess really. The ultimate goal, ideally, the ultimate goal should be, you know, to to preserve the thoughts, you know, values, stories, and those、uh, good sweet memories of an entire generation, and really creates this data, you know, database or a library of human memories where you can ask people uh, uh, about about their past, about their old stories. And then you can get some inspiration from the stories of your ancestors. That's probably a good way to look at it.、Mm-hmm. So、um, you mentioned something about、um, science fiction and very interesting ideas that you that was invented perhaps decades ago. But、yeah. this inspired me to think that it's one thing to read a story and fantasize and really enjoy the. Creativity and innovation,、uh, but it's another thing to have to face it and have to face the moral decisions or moral judgment in your everyday life. And it seems to me that we are at a point where we are looking、uh, into the mirror and having to make a decision again with regard to what we make of this technology.、Um, there's obviously some moral hazard coming. Uh, uh, with the technology, the the prevalence of such technology. I mean, some people are smart enough to anticipate the abuse of such technology to create uh, pet-like uh, uh, tools or pet-like、um, f- phenomenons that people can enjoy. Can you imagine that, Huang Xian? You and I, and also Dinkan as well. You and I, we share our voices on radio, and and the voices can be uh, uh, accessed by Going on any major podcasting platform and、yeah. searching for a roundtable China, and and we are also、uh, radio personalities. We work in the media industry, and it's very easy to, for for anyone to get a, get their hands on our photos. And so, using technologies readily available right now to a layman, to an average internet user,、mm. they can create a pet using all the materials that they can access <laughs> over the internet. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm worried about it, but.、Uh, That does raise the question. I mean,、uh, in in this regard, do we still have rights to our own images and voices? How do we, if we really care about it, if we don't want people to make use of our images and voices in that regard, is there any way to stop people from doing this? Should the law and lawmakers update the documents accordingly? I mean, this is very interesting. I mean, are we at a point where we have to make moral judgments, where we have to face these decisions, these questions? I think this has brought the 
application of AI technology to the next level. Sometimes we say uh, policymakers, they should keep up with the latest trend because you don't know what will happen um, in the next few years. So in this regard, I feel like all the policymakers, they should pay close attention to how people can use AI technology for. I think ever since the emergence of artificial intelligence, well, tech savvy people and users <laughs> all over the world, they have been figuring out or sorting out what experiment they can do with it. I would say this time the idea of resurrecting uh, the deceased grandma by using AI technology, well, it's something has been a one step ahead. It has brought the thing to the next level. So people are very creative and you, you have to meet that now people have more access to such applications. If you don't have the legal protection, it could have some loopholes for sure. And the moment you upload everything into the application, I mean, no matter your uh, audio clips, your photos, or even the text messages, everything is in the cloud you have no control over it. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the developer of this application or you know the people who are using or who have access to such archives to safeguard the, um, the privacy of your personal information. So this could be very hard to solve. And basically the moment you let go of all your information, you have no control over it because you are not the one who is managing or taking care of such information when it is in the cloud. I don't know who can have claim right of it. It depends on your conscience as well as your professionalism. It seems we do uh, are have arrived at a point where we have to update our our knowledge and also our the way we approach our own data. I mean, there's a theory saying that in the age of metaverse, perhaps uh, mm. not only with not only our technologies more advanced, there are also ways that our data are managed, which are uh, more advanced as well. And that is, for instance, one solution is for all of us to own our own um, data, our images, our voices, and our. Mm. Our comments, anything we share over the internet, and all of this together will share some kind of avatar in the metaverse. That's one way to yeah. manage this. So I guess um, I have once heard some people say, like supposedly uh, those uh, publicly run library, digital libraries, mm -hmm. or digital archives are supposed to be some of the uh, most secure places to to store for for the storage of your data and information. And definitely, there. If you take a look at the structure of today's uh, modern government, not only here in the case of the Chinese government, but in foreign governments as well, Europe, there are yeah. government bodies dedicated to say digital privacy and protection. And I, I guess many companies, many corporations, claim they claim they are following suit as well. But really, there is no guarantee that your your, your data will be absolutely protected in a perfect manner. I think as technology advances, hackers also will move on to a higher level, right? So uh, realistically speaking, I think fundamentally we're going to question who is going to store and maintain these avatars. That's, uh, there is no easy answer, you know? <laughs> we do need a major overhaul in our perception and the management of our data after all. 
in the Internet age, in the new age. You're listening to Roundtable. We talk about business jargon getting in the way of your private conversation right after this short break. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Well, the one jargon that hurts me and pains me is the word rundown, and that's something <laughs> I have to do uh, <laughs> before going on the show.、Uh, what other words that we fret but we、uh, absolutely can't ignore, and that's the phrase "dead air." Knock on wood, and that's the thing that we don't want to hear on radio. <laughs> so, what、uh, Dinkun, are you familiar with any jargon that you can share with us? Um. Yeah, I think really the most common uh jargon that can resonate with a lot of、uh, white collar workers is really you know this Chinese um vocabulary show dao or oh yeah yeah、mm. replied right oh、uh, no receipt okie dokie <laughs> yeah or, or Roger yeah um you know. In in some of the cases, this is not a case that happened in my family in the conversation between me and my wife. This is not the case. You don't say show down when your wife sends you a message. No. What kind of I would say I would say like un un like、uh, okay something like show down. <laughs> okay, so but, let it. But in workplace, you rarely、uh, say un un right. <laughs> depending on how close you want to seem to that、yeah. person that's receiving the message. Yeah. So if you reply showed out re-、uh, received to 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 a particular or family business related order sent from your wife, that really damages the family at atmosphere. You know, that's、oh, that's a that wrong perception. Oh, you're that kind of family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, maybe Huang Shan has her own observation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I usually use got it no matter it. what I. What I received, right? And also sometimes I will send things like "okay,"、mm-hmm. which means "oh, I've read your message、right. and I got your,、uh, I get, I got what you want, and maybe I will reply you in a timely manner." So I think there are so many interesting jargons, especially for our job. We can use our job as an example. So earlier, Liming mentioned "rundown." I even don't know how we can translate into Chinese, because、uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, something like that. But you won't think it, it like it can translate the core message contained in that one piece of you know format or like one piece of material.、Mm-hmm. So sometimes, especially for our job, maybe we have to use English a lot. There are some terms I will find that they are not translatable. It's very it will lost in translation in some occasions. For instance, for instance, um. A rundown is a good example, and sometimes、yeah. like we may have、um, reruns, and but that that's easy to translate because you know. 再跑一遍 Yeah,、no. yeah. Or you just <laughs> like to. <laughs> yeah. So there are other interesting things. I remember when I was in the journalism school because I was majored in publication. There was a term called bootleg. Oh. The bootleg edition, which refers to an early edition of a newspaper,、okay. usually the first of the day. That's just that's the thing when you are talking、uh, about your business jargons or corporate jargons or even industry jargons in the daily conversation. People may think you are so pretentious. You know, <laughs>、uh, you may use that to show how professional you are, or you are just bringing up a jargon that outsiders have. 
basically have no clue. So why you are using that? But sometimes we have to admit that,、um, you know, work occupies nearly one third. Of our daily time, or、mm-hmm. even more, for some people who have to work OT all the time, who also happen to have to sleep. Yeah, and so then when you are using such jargons all day long, well, five days in a week,、mm-hmm. and it's inevitable that we that you will mention some of these jargons in your daily casual conversation. Another hilarious example that I've seen internet users share with us is. Uh, his encounter with his dad, who is a policeman, and he said he asked him,、uh, "Dad, are you ready? Are you here already?" And the response he got from his dad, who was a policeman, is, "I'm in position." Ha! I have、mm. arrived at、uh, position. I'm、right? in position. That particular site where one crime has occurred. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where incidents has been、oh、reported. Oh my gosh! Right. So,、uh, um, so uh, while I think a lot of these、uh, jargons can be quite neutral that you can use in your、uh, private life and work life as well, but、uh, certain jargons, when it spills over to、uh, the daily life, it can be quite hilarious.、Um, what do you think、um, this in, in, this indicate? I mean, do you think that people have spent too much time and too much thought on their work to the point that the The work is encroaching on our private life. Yeah, that's probably one of the one of the signals that we can read from this particular phenomenon because it really happens to everybody or people in every industry, every occupation. And yeah, it's nowadays it seems really、uh, work engagement is increasingly intense and. Even while you are not, while this is not supposed to be your work hour, it's really difficult for you to entirely disengage from your work responsibility. This is this is the case with everybody, basically. You know. But it ha- but does it have to be like this? I mean, you using the jargon, business jargon at the workplace so frequently. May indicate that you put a lot of thought on this, and may indicate that you hang out with your friends, with your coworkers,、mm-hmm. a lot even after work. But there, there are、mm-hmm. other ways that you can arrange your life. For instance, if you go and pick up a hobby like fishing, I mean, I'm sure there are jargons that you can use in fishing. Yeah, yeah, or any kinds of、uh, you know physical exercises, swimming, hiking. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when you feel like your your business jargon is spilling over, is taking up a lot of your regular vernacular, maybe that's a sign that you should get a life. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Especially when you're hanging out with your friends and you keep talking about your your business, your your daily work. That's really、uh, boring and annoying to some extent.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or sometimes you can bring your lifestyle jargons into your work setting. For example, if you're really into one kinds of one kind of sports, then you may use jargons from that particular area when you are talking with your colleagues about a way of done during the weekend. You may just pop up, but like these jargons may pop up.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm one. I'm not one to against the use of jargons in daily life. In fact, if you happen to have a huge vocabulary of different、uh, jargons, it makes your life more interesting, make your language more interesting. It's just that you have to make a good choice and. Pay attention to the kind of life you're having. Maybe you're spending too much time on work. That's all the time we have for this episode of Roundtable. If you'd like to hear more from us, find us at Roundtable China on our website 